Hearing Youth, an ICMS podcast series proudly brought to you by the 10th Council of ICMS Malaysia Chapter. Passionate Youths of Malaysia, welcome to the first episode of the ICMS Hearing Youth podcast, where we hear you. I am Daniel Mecha, your host, and alongside me is my co-host, Stella. Hey, everybody. Before we start off with today's episode, we would like to give a brief introduction about the Hearing Youth series. Hearing Youth is a series under ICMS Podcasts, a monthly series where we aspire to channel valuable insights to empower Malaysian youths by covering interesting topics that are relevant to youth development. Yeah, so for the first episode, we will kickstart with the theme of personal development, which is something that resonates highly among the youth of today. So in today's episode, we'll take a look at the Youth Survival Guide, Adulting. Proudly with us today is a Mr. Lee Jalok and Ms. Lil Rachel. So hi guys, thank you guys so much for joining us today in our special episode. Hey everyone. Thanks for having us. All right, so now before we begin, could you guys both give the listeners a really brief introduction of what is it the both of you are up to at the moment, like in terms of career? So we can start with Rachel. Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Rachel. I'm currently a business analyst with ECG. And aside from that, I'm also a co-founder of Agrimatch, which is a social enterprise aimed to combat food insecurity and farmers' poverty in Myanmar. Thank Hi. you, Rachel. Hi. Hi, everyone. I'm Jia Lok. Uh, I currently work in Changi Airport Group. Uh, in Singapore, and I'm also an advisor for the ICMS, International Council of Malaysian Scholars and Associates. I look specifically uh, over two areas, uh, under the council strategy, as well as the ICMS Academy, where we you know, aspire to upskill and train and mentor uh, university students from ICMS. So that, that's what I've been up to, and uh, happy to be here. Thank you guys so much. You guys have quite the distinguished background right so now before we begin you know before we dive into the agenda of personal development let's you know give the listeners a brief intro as to how it all started you know so like let's start with our discussion on childhood you know so what was it like growing up for the both of you so let's start with Jalo. okay great yeah um i think among my friends not i think what a lot of people who 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 meet me for the first time, I not know, is uh, I actually come from a very small town uh, in Malaysia called Langkap. So it's a, it's a small town in Para, right? And yeah, growing up, it's a, it's a very different environment that I lived in compared to being in Singapore now. Um, I grew up in, in a Chinese-speaking household. Um, and in my town, uh, there are, there's basically just one secondary school. Uh, we have one Chinese primary school, one Malay primary school, and in the vicinity there's one Tamil primary school as well. Uh, it's it's the kind of small town where you know when you drive through you you see paddy fields, uh, palm trees, yeah. yeah, and so so it's a very kind of rural environment. Um, and I I was there until the age of thirteen, uh, when I received a government scholarship from Singapore to to study here. So since the age of thirteen, I've been living abroad uh, in Singapore. And of course, right then, the rest was history. Uh, my, my scholarship took me you know, to, through my secondary education. Uh, I was in Victoria School in Singapore before I did my A-levels in Raffles Institution. Thereafter, I, I was fortunate enough to receive uh, another scholarship that sent me uh, to London for my tertiary education. 
before I went to the US uh, for my master's. So, so yeah, I, I think up until the age of, okay, I'm, I'm 20s, I'm just past 26 this year. Yes, and and <laughs> more than, and, and half, more than half my life has been spent overseas. Uh, yeah, from Malaysia. Um, and I have definitely been very, very fortunate uh, that, you know, for 10 years of my life, um, I've been receiving support uh, financially that allowed me to see the world in a, in a very different way than I would have if, if I didn't receive such an opportunity. So yeah, that, that's a little bit about me. And I think that every time I, I talk about, uh, I, I reflect on life and think about, you know, where I stand, I always go back to uh, the, the place that I grew up in. Because I, I think the first 13 years, even though I, I mean I was from a small town, but I, I think that it, it had taught me a lot of things. And I think the, the whole experience has really shaped me and helped me see that the world's actually, I think regardless where you stay, whether it's you know back in my small town in, in Para or when I was in London or now in Singapore, I, I realized that the world's really not that different at the end of the day. Thank you for you know, diving into the personal level and sharing that with us. You know, I think, you know, definitely what we can gather from that is just the valuable perspectives that we gain, especially, you know, growing up, right? So what about you, Rachel? Yeah, um, I think it's quite a contrast, I think, thinking about it uh, with Jalot. So he, he came from a small town. I grew up in KL, actually. Um, uh, actually studied um, majority locally uh, throughout childhood all the way until university. Um, but definitely had a lot of exposure, I think, to the world as well, through my many various opportunities that I'm grateful for as well. Um, I think my childhood predominantly uh, revolved around a lot of family time. And also, I think there, um, I really looked up to my parents as role models. And I think they really instilled a sense of um, responsibility and discipline to them. And seeing them go through their own hurdles in life has really instilled a sense of work ethic um, that really has transferred down to both my sister and I through childhood. And I think um, that has really, these skills and these sense of work ethic has really translated into my life now. And it's been solidified since childhood. Absolutely. All right. Thank you guys for sharing that piece of information with us all. Um, I just want to ask, like, you know, did you guys imagine doing what you guys are doing, like, right now, back then? Or was it like something completely different? It's completely different, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was it like? Like, was it more like, the, were the dreams like insanely bigger? Or was it the same now? Yeah, I'm not sure for you, Jawa, but for me, like, I've always wanted to study medicine. And I think um, up to a point, there were just several pivots in life where I felt like, okay, maybe it's not medicine, maybe now it's psychology, maybe it's not psychology, maybe it's something else. And now um, being in consulting, I think I'm very grateful for the fact that I can experience so many different um, experiences within um, a single firm where we get exposed to various types of projects. And I think I realized what I really enjoyed was that um, intellectual simulation and also that diversity that comes with it. And so I'm really, really glad that I'm to find something that um, suits what I like. But also I think acknowledging that, you know, at maybe 20, at high school, when you're a kid or when you're school you won't really exactly know where you end up and I think that's yeah. so fine. Yeah absolutely absolutely 
I, I it really resonates with me what, what you said. Um, you know, like growing up, I have always, I, I don't know about you, right? I imagine there will always be that friend around you who told you that, oh, I know this is what I'm meant to do. I know that I'm meant to be a programmer or that, oh, I know that I'm going to this particular investment bank because I am meant for it. And every time I hear something like that, on one hand, I'm a bit like happy for them. But another part of me is just a bit skeptical because I'm like, how is it that such certainty has never occurred to me before? Like I have never at a point of my life knew that, oh, at the age of 23, I'm going to be doing this. At the age of 26, I'm going to be in this industry doing this particular role within this particular team, right? So, so yeah, so I think looking back, uh, whether did I expect myself to, to be working in Singapore? Do I expect myself to be working in aviation? Do I, working, do I expect myself to you know, be working on a Terminal 5 project within Changi Airport? I mean, the life that we live right now, that I live in right now, I think it's... Uh, it's uh, I think at every step of the way, of course, we make the best decisions we can and uh, give our, put our best foot forward. But for Absolutely. me, at least, it, it has never been a case of, oh, I can see where I'll be 10 years from now with like, absolute parity. Yeah, definitely. I think, definitely. Yeah, I, I think I received one good advice from my mentor once is that, you know, you can maybe like plan for five years ahead. And then beyond that, it's a, it'll get too fuzzy because there's just so many things that come up. And I think having a, a sense of purpose, uh, just an overarching one to guide you through decisions throughout that time would be very helpful. So if it's making an impact in society, using that as to kind of steer you in the right direction different opportunities come about has been quite helpful wow yeah. so it really seems like you guys have like similarities in the fact that well i mean you didn't see yourself as where you are now 10 years ago so in that case what what was the particular turning point if there was any for both of you like was there this moment where you just suddenly thought that maybe i want to try this instead um actually it's quite funny because i discovered um so i'm currently a business analyst and what we basically do i mean we're it's management consulting right, as a whole. And I actually discovered management consulting through ICMS. It's quite Ooh. funny. But, uh, I never knew what it was before. Like, I think I joined several programs like the McKinsey Leadership Academy, but I actually didn't know uh. what McKinsey did. Um, only until when I joined ICMS and then I met some friends like Duhan, um, I'm sure some of you know, um, who started up the ICMS consulting club. And that's where I gained exposure to um, consulting and the wider range of Right. So I think it was very funny because had I, if I didn't join ICMS, for example, I wouldn't have gotten the exposure and I wouldn't have been where I am today. Wow. Mm. Funny twist of fate. What about you, Dal? For me, I, I wouldn't really say that there was any particular turning point, but rather I think how I got to where I am, uh, as, as I was sharing earlier, was yeah, I think at every point uh, of my life so far. And like it or not, that usually means after major exams, right? Like after O levels, <laughs> then you have to think about oh, which junior college that's to go to for, for me. Right. And then after junior college, which university to go to, what course to take. Uh, and then when you think about what course to take, then it's about, then for me, I had, I had to do my master's as well. So you also had to consider what, what, what do I want to develop myself further in, in preparation for what kind of job in the future, what kind of skills in the future, right? So, so it was o always like a, you know, I, I will try to think as far ahead as possible, but it was always, more of a, okay, at this point in time, what is the next thing I want to acquire? 
uh, yeah, and, and for me, uh, how I ended up in, in Changi Airport or in aviation is also quite interesting. I think uh, if you look at it from a certain perspective, it's, it's in some sense, right, out of uh, what I call it, it's, it's, it's like, a, like a good, like just a good match for me. Uh, because when I was applying for scholarships, um, this was this was an organization that stood there? out for me. And uh -huh. it was one that, that you know, that, that was available, right? That was within, that, that I could apply for and that accepted me. And I thought, okay, okay. it looks like it's a, it's a good match because uh, I, I think for in a few ways, because of the rigor of the things that uh, we, we, we work with, because mm -hmm. of, I think the strive towards excellence, that's something that uh, resonate with me. So, you know, it's a bit of consideration between the practical aspects of, oh, uh, if I receive some support, I'll be able to, you know, pursue my education uh, in such a way as the next step. Uh, and at the same time, such an opportunity opened up for me. So, so yeah, so that's kind of how I, I, I got to where I am right now. Yeah. Wow. So, Mm, yes, definitely is full of uh, unexpected things. Well, I mean, uh, from Jalak's response just now, we heard something about like uh, when you were mentioning, you know, the turning points, particularly being after major exams and then thinking about what to choose. So in that terms, you also probably had to choose like, you know, what skills you wanted to hone, right? When you were in mm -hmm. university before you started working. And the same goes for Rachel. Like once you got exposed to McKinsey, like maybe you started hanging out with those, uh, I mean, the business the business major students more. So I was just curious, um, and I think that our listeners would also like to learn, like, were there any like particular skills that you say really, really helped you up till now and would continue to help you in your career currently? And you feel that our listeners should also kind of maybe invest their time in? Maybe we can jump in first. I think, I think it's a bit difficult to kind of pinpoint, right? What is that one skill that would be a silver bullet for every situation? Yeah. I think at the end of the day, every person like comes in a, in a package, right? Like if you are just really, really, really good at something and you know nothing about everything else, it's almost difficult for you to function or value add wherever you go. Um, yeah, so I, I would look at it more, you know, holistically as a package. Um, maybe I'll share a bit of my experience of how I decided to pursue the things that, you know, that I pursued. Um, at the end of my A-levels, when I was considering which university course to take up. Um, yeah, so I considered three aspects. So it was uh, my strength, um, my interest. Physical? <laughs> physical strength? Physical? You mean physical strength? That too, that too. That, that, that would have uh, one of them. <laughs> yeah, so I was saying, so it's strength, right? It can be physical, it can be uh, intellectual or whatsoever. Uh, character, personality, I think all that, of that counts. Yeah. So, uh, strength. Um, what was I saying? I'm, I got a bit distracted. Sorry. sorry. So we're gonna cut this part out. Yeah. So I was saying, uh, so strength, interest, and the practical aspects. So what I mean by that, when I talk about strength, it's really what am I, you know, so-called naturally good at, or, or maybe it's something that you kind of develop along the way because of having more experience and so on and so forth, right? That you are naturally just inclined to doing better at. So that's one thing to consider interest, right? What motivates you and what, um, you know, gets your heart pumping, uh, gives you a lot of energy, makes you feel like, oh, this thing is worth doing, right? And the practical aspects, because I think at the end of the day, yeah, at least for me, right, I, I think it's important to find something that will allow me to serve and, and to give, 
but also you know be yeah financially independent uh, be be able to kind of contribute to the family so financially as well so these are the three kind of angles that uh, i considered before deciding to take up economics so so yeah because of my, my strength is like quantitative stuff mathematics my interest in you know just understanding how the world works because learning economics really opened up like uh, give me a new lens you know like looking at the world around us like in the past when they go to a restaurant for example you would just see the waiter and the waitresses and the chefs and the food mostly the food of course um but yeah, after learning economics, you start to see that, oh, okay, so there, there's, there, are a lot of, um, there are a lot of intricacies behind. I mean, just think about, you know, what made that carrot 70 cents instead of $2, despite it flying in from Australia, right? Things like that. So, so, so it was something that, yeah, really opened my eye um, to, to the world around me. And I think in terms of particular aspects as well, it, it taught me, uh, it, it gave, opened up, you know, doors that, that, yeah, that that you know that I, f- I felt comfortable taking up that that course. Um, yeah. So again, a bit woolly here, but so 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 maybe to 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 bring back to what I really want to say, right? Is that mm-hmm. I think I think when it comes to deciding what course of study to, to take up, uh, these were the three areas that I considered. Uh, my strength, the interests, as well as the, the practical opportunities that we were open to taking up for that it would prepare me for. Right. And then when I went to university, uh, I was fortunate enough to be part of ICMS. And yeah, I was, was really uh, grateful that I, I was appointed the chief executive director. So I had a lot of oppor- uh, yeah, opportunities really to develop myself as a leader in my soft skills. But at the end of my three years of, of uh, undergrad, when I was deciding which master's course to, to then take up, I then you know, applied the same lens, right? thinking about my strength, my interests, as well as the particular aspects. Um, and at that point, I thought that the soft skills has been very well developed because of ICMS, right? And I think I was getting a bit out of balance because in terms of hard skills, that was something that was lacking. And then I started questioning myself. So if I could take something to develop myself in, what areas would that be? Right? And that's how I came to decide that, you know, I wanted to bring financial knowledge to the table uh, in, a, in a discussion. I wanted to have more specialized knowledge in this particular area. And again, it, it was something that played to my strength, uh, interest, and also was practical. So that's how I decided to take up my master's uh, in finance eventually. Yeah, so that is something that has been guiding me uh, along the way. Right now, one of the things that I'm uh, reading up on is about how to shape organizational culture. So uh, it's, again, out of interest, but also to help me do my job better as an advisor in my service. So, so yeah, mm. that's how you know, it has led wow. me to, to do this. Wow. Rachel? Wow. Wait, hang on a minute. So, like, uh, from the three that uh, Jalap mentioned just now, like, you know, your strengths, passion, as well as the practicality. So, I do recall, Rachel, in your introduction, you were mentioning that you did have a startup, like, called Agromatch, right, about food insecurity. So, I was wondering, like, in terms of, like, um, entrepreneurship, they always feel like it's an issue about, you know, uh, applying skills to opportunities that you have to create yourself. So like that's kind of like what I feel is a key part of entrepreneurship, right? So like you're the one who's deciding that I don't need to depend on the traditional opportunities that are in society. Instead, I'm going to make my own. So from that, like, do you perhaps have a different outlook on how you know you built yourself and how you reach where you are today compared to Dialog's, um more like could I? Me- 
may I put it this way, maybe like traditional and secure way of looking for a career? I, I, I personally think um, the, the framework that Jalok, I saw Jalok's face, is quite funny. Uh, no, I, I think Jalok's sort of like a framework, right? Which how he's approaching this is actually quite applicable to um, anything really, even in entrepreneurship. So if you think about it, um, in terms of strengths, so it's about having that enough self-awareness to understand, you know, what are you good at? Are you good at um, creating new ideas? Are you good at starting um, ideas uh, that, you know, that you may just like write up in a room? You know? I know there's some people who are very visionary, but, you know, when it comes to the action side of things, they may need a bit more push. Um, so I think that kind of distills down to self-awareness, right? Really, number one, knowing your strengths, very much like what Jalen said, using that to your advantage to leverage, you know, to do um, to achieve your goals. Second is then also using self-awareness to identify what are some areas of development do you really want to um, further hone on. So, like, I think Jalot here, he was saying, like, okay, you know, like, um, I already got my soft skills settled. I want to make sure that I have some hard skills to contribute. That's a very similar approach to, I think, what I did. So, for example, for me, it's like, okay, I, we know that um, uh, we want to start up this program, but we don't really know much about agriculture, for example. And then, you know, be having that self-awareness to then develop um, certain uh, areas in terms of agricultural hard knowledge, or then also then starting a business. What are some things do I need to do? And really kind of distilling the key points and the key skills that you need to learn, and then actually acting on those actions. Um, yeah, I think that's mainly it, to be honest. I think... It's quite simple if you think about it, uh, but I think what's hard is to actually have the discipline to um, execute that every day and the hard work to put in to actually get from zero to hero, right? Yes, definitely. Mm. And, and I think maybe just to add a little, I think to, to Stella's original question, which we have kind of featured uh, since, mm -hmm. which it, was, it was really on, you know, what, was, what is some skill that, I mean, what, what are some skills that uh, we think are important for the youth of today? I, I think I have a really quick one here, is that I think problem solving in general is... <sighs> Critical great, thinking. Right? Critical thinking, problem solving skills, I mean, these these are great. I think that that's something that you should always try to hold on. I think I use that uh, when I was starting uh, Agrimatch. I use that when I'm currently in my job. It's critically important uh, for you to have problem solving skills. I think aside from that is communication, right? If you have mm -hmm. great ideas but you can't communicate them, then that's another um, obstacle that you may face. So communication skills are very important. Um, aside from that, I guess uh, this is something personal. I think also in the BCG, uh, in the BCG um, framework where they kind of evaluate people is another one is practicality and effectiveness. So how are you very practical and how you may approach problems to have a safe time, for example? And I things have been very uh, applicable so far. I, I don't see them being very limiting to a certain field um, and very vastly applicable to, I think, even in um, research and university to even what Jalop's doing now. Great, great. Thanks. I think to add on to, to what uh, Rachel has shared, for me, maybe it's not so much a skill, skill like a, like a traditional skill, mm -hmm. day, but one thing that I think is you know, that, that I would really encourage everyone to kind of develop is um, self-awareness. Self-awareness and the and being intentional about things. I think this world that we live in is, if we are not careful about it, uh, 
rules, it's so easy for us to be sucked into the noise around us. I mean, there's, there are so many things that are said to be important, right? You, you go on the Instagram and then, you know, there'll be this person telling you to this fashion product or that makeup product or that skincare product or your fitness being the most important, family time and so, 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 and so forth. So I think if you're not careful with it, in, indeed, right, I think there's a place for everything. But if you're not mm-hmm. careful with it, it's very easy to be sucked into what everything else or everyone else say to be important, right? Absolutely. So. I think having developing the self-awareness of if this is this is who I am, this is where I am at this point in time, this is where I want to get to as a next step. And these are these are my strengths, these are my weaknesses, and this is how these, these are what I need to do to get myself from point A to point B. I think that kind of thinking is, is something that a lot of people don't actively practice. And that's that's what I would I would call you know intentionality, being intentional about about that, being 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 deliberate about getting yourself from here to there instead of just leaving it to chance because when you leave it to chance more, yeah, chances are that five years from now you you are still very much the same person as you were even if you were a bit different it would be because the environment around you made you so right and when you leave it to chance uh, when you leave your life to chance like that I think yeah like Lakewood is not everyone would be the most pleased uh, with, with the path that they take and you become just like a like a passenger, you know, in, in, yeah. in the right of life instead of being the driver. You gotta take ownership. But actually, you know, one thing that's very interesting I realize uh, is that, you know, we all have to understand, all the viewers listening out here, you know, that Jalok is like an overachiever, okay? So for him, <laughs> to have the under, for him to have achieved what he has done today, it's very important to think, I, I would think that, you know, a strive for excellence and a constant sense of self-improvement um, has underpinned, I mean, it's one of the main things that I think Jalok, you may believe in. If not, I if not, I don't think he would have, you know, seek for that improvement in terms of like, okay, I, I want to improve myself for the, uh, these are the strengths, these are my weaknesses, right? And I think it's very important for our viewers to know that um, having that curiosity and, and that yearning for learn to learn something new and to improve yourself is very important. And I think that's something I also believe. Yeah, love it. Yeah, I think that, you know, for most of our viewers as well, as much as they want to, you know, constantly strive to be curious, constantly strive to be ambitious, which are all good things all in all. But, you know, there always comes a time when, especially most people, they go through these types of challenges in the way, especially in terms of setting their direction. So could you guys perhaps share with us, like, especially, you know, in terms of challenges, what's the right mindset when you approach it or like how best could we? overcome those types of obstacles in our life, especially when it comes to, you know, setting these directions. Jalo, you could go first. Oh, okay. Great question. Big question. Um, yeah, I, I just want to circle a little back to, to what uh, Rachel mentioned, right, about the strife for excellence. Um, I remember when I was in secondary four, I came across this quote. I think back then, you know, like I was a sucker for like inspirational quotes. Yeah. My wall, my wall would have like yeah, little writing. Quote, quote. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And one one thing that um that, that stuck with me was this um the most dangerous thing for most of us is not aiming too high and miss it. It's that we aim too low and reach it. And definitely. Wow. The first time I saw that, it, it resonated so much with me because 
indeed, I think, I, I feel like there's so many people with so much potential. Um, but when you aim low and you and then you reach it, it, it makes us more prone to being comfortable and being mm. being okay that hey, maybe this is what I'm meant to do, maybe this is what I'm meant to, to be, this is what I'm meant to have, right? And yeah, and I think I think that constant constantly aiming for something that you're comfortable with is something that I, I, I think makes a lot of sense. But in so doing, I mean, as in it makes a lot of sense. Sorry, I repeat that. Yeah, I think aiming for something that you have confidence in achieving is something that comes natural to many people. But I think the danger of that is, yeah, end up you shortchange yourself. Uh, you deprive yourself of opportunities that could have come your way um, because, you know, you think, oh, maybe it's, it's a bit too hard. Maybe it's a bit too high. Maybe it just seems a bit too impossible and not something it's not a risk that i want to take right so yeah. so yeah so so i think with that in mind um there have been many times in my in my life so far that i have failed to achieve what i set out to achieve um yeah but when when that happens i i somehow always am able to find the strength to um to to, to look at that squarely and know that it I mean, it was fine, right? Because to begin with, it was a difficult goal. I had no full confidence that I can achieve it. I tried and I gave my best. Um, and yeah, I failed. But even though I failed, because I aimed high, I ended up achieving more than I would have if I didn't. That's a bit of a Absolutely. mouthful. Yeah. I think I'm quite uh, good at talking a lot. Sorry, please cut it out. But my point, no, I said, again, that, that was a bit of a mouthful. That was a bit of a mouthful, but I hope you can understand. <laughs> yeah. And and just to add on a little, uh, recently one of my mentees kind of reached out to me and then he was share he was sharing with me, right? How um he was he was feeling quite he was in a troubled place basically. Um because he felt like he kept trying, but not only does he fail to achieve what he wants to achieve, the people around him say the people around him told him that, can you stop being such a tryhard? Can you stop trying so hard? I think we all know how that feels, right? I mean, some of us, maybe, for example, you, you might not be a very good dancer, but yeah, when the music plays, I think you decide to to, to go out there and just move along. And if someone tell you, hey, Stella, you can't dance. Stop doing that. You, you look really weird. Yeah, and I, I think it, it really has a way of making people feel small and that, okay, okay, maybe I really am not meant for this. Okay, maybe I should stop looking at doing this. Or maybe if I continue doing this, I will look so much like a try hard. Yeah, but when I heard that, I, I think it's really important to recognize that I, I feel that it's perfectly fine to, to try and to try hard, right? As in the fact that you're trying means that you are trying to improve. means that it's not something that is natural to you yet, but you're trying to grow into that new person and in, in trying to grow into that person, obviously you have to try because if you don't try, how are you going to be there? How are you going to get there? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I think for our viewers out there, I think the next time someone tells you to stop trying so hard, um, yeah, I mean, do, 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 
give it a, a second thought, right? Uh, what are you trying for and what are you trying to become? And is it something that is worth putting in effort to? And if so, by all means, go and try and seek help and try systematically. Uh, but try. Don't stop trying just because you are not there yet. I think that's the whole point of why we ought to try. Definitely. Like, you know, always put yourself out there. <laughs> yeah. And what about you, Rachel? What's like your input in terms of these challenges, you know, yeah. people have? Honestly, I think I was like, like trying to digest what Jello has said. He's mentioned so many themes and I'm just trying to like pinpoint. Yeah, just um, connect the pieces. Yeah. All over the place. <laughs> no, 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 it's not all over the place. No, it's just a lot of themes no. to discuss. Because, okay, um, my, my thoughts on what Jello has mentioned is that um, number one is that, you know, one thing that I've realized is that there are people who are very keen on trying different things and you know, excelling in life, right? But there's also another bunch of people who are who are very content with where they are. And sometimes we may feel like the pressure to excel even more or push even higher because everyone else is. And I think my message to those people is that, you know, that's great that you know that you're content at where you are and that you do not want to maybe push further or you just want to stay where you're at and you're comfortable where you are. I think that's great. And I think Honestly, I find uh, I struggle, I think, a bit with being content with what I have and constantly striving for new things. And I think one thing my mom mentioned to me is that you know, it's actually quite a gift to be able to be content with what you have. And I think that's something I'm still with. But on the flip side, yeah, I, I guess that's like that was something that was very interesting to me. But on the flip side, people who really do want to reach really far in life or maybe they do want to try something new, people are telling them, you know, hey, don't do that because you look weird. Um, I think, you know, it goes back to the point of self-awareness and knowing about yourself. And, you know, like, is this something that I really enjoy? If it is, then I mean, by all means do it, right? Because it makes you happy. But also also having that sense of um, having a lens that is quite realistic as well. For example, if you maybe might not uh, be built uh, physically to be an ice skater, maybe then, you know, pursuing a career in ice skating may not be the best, uh, may not be the most practical. So I guess also also having that aspect within um, that evaluation of yourself and mm. also not really letting other people pull you down. Because, you know, if you want something you have had, you've got to do something you've never done. Um, yeah, but I think going back to the question of like um, failures and challenges in life, I think personally I have a perspective, you know, that every problem that we face can be worked through and solved. And Yes, we can't control a lot of things. For example, we can't even control the outcomes of our effort. But I think what we can control is, you know, how much um, time and hard work we put in and so um, how we react to the outcome. And that's something that I think has been really helpful, um, a helpful perspective that has been getting me to a lot of things. Absolutely. Thank you, Rachel, for sharing that. I, too, agree that, you know, some people are already content and it's totally fine for you to also be content. But you know, to stop comparing yourself with other people's successes and their directions is something that we should also keep in mind as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you guys. Yeah, it's hard. But like, it's very hard. But like, you know, if you are, then you know, it's totally... I find that one thing that we, all, we can develop in ourselves is the ability to be both content and satisfied and accepting of who you are as you are, but also wanting to become better at the same time. I feel that these two things are not necessarily at odds. Because when I was in junior college, one of my friends, he, he shared with me that he struggled to... He's like, if you are content with yourself, 
how can you still want to improve? Mm. Put differently, his view was that, how can you want to improve if you don't hate who you are right now? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I feel like it's such a mindset can be quite dangerous and detrimental because if you, if you are very unhappy with the, the person that you are, if you feel like, oh, I'm so bad at this, I'm so bad at that, okay, that's why I need to improve. Right? Of course, maybe it motivates you to, to, to go out there and try to improve yourself, but I think that whole journey and whole process becomes very painful and becomes a process of self-validation. Mm. Yeah, self-doubt leading to the need for self-validation before you can have any self-love, right? Which I find to be quite dangerous because it just means that for, for every extra day, before you reach the person you want to become, it becomes impossible to accept who you are right now. Yeah, True. I think the, the way I, I, I view it is really more of, I mean, this is who I am. These are the things that I'm good at. These are the things that I'm not so good at yet. But whatever I'm not so good at, like what Richard said, develop some self-awareness of, of what they are and mm. work your way through that. And not all of us are meant to be figure skaters at the end of the day. But surely, we can all aspire to, to become fitter than we were you know, yesterday or, or two months ago or one year ago. Exactly. And yeah, so I think it's about having a mindset, right? This is who I am. I, and I, I, I'm okay with who I am, but I want to become better. That, yeah. that is the, the kind of mindset I, I much prefer. That yeah, and I think on. one... Exactly, Joe. I, I think, like, really resonate with this. And I think there was one um, quote, not a quote, but really just a saying that people always say, right? It's just becoming a better version of yourself. Not not another version of someone else, but of yourself. And I think it's keeping that authenticity and also that um, striving for excellence and improvement that really encapsulates, that really encapsulates it in that state. Mm. Well, I think, you know, to put it in quite succinctly for the both of you, I think that what we are talking about right now is perhaps the line between being content and being complacent. So I feel like perhaps what you guys were looking uh, to say is that an individual who's complacent knows that perhaps they could do better and that they could try harder or perhaps they have more opportunities waiting for them. Whereas being content is to be able to achieve that kind of self-satisfaction where you feel that you have done what you could possibly do with your life so far and that you don't feel the need to force yourself into somebody else's shoes, perhaps. So, Very, so nicely put. <laughs> yeah, thank you so for all seconds. your... We spent so long <laughs> trying to say that. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's fine. Maybe but, we cut out all those, cut out all those, and like just include what's there. No, it was very, it was very, very beautiful to see that. You see, it took us that long to understand the paradox of the those two different things that both start with a C and have completely different meanings. So perhaps um, just to wrap this episode up, we'd like to move on into uh, any tips or advice that you guys can give in one sentence or two, so that we can just wrap up this question with a nice. Lingering question: Are you content or are you complacent? That kind of feeling. Okay, two sentences. Every problem can be worked through and solved. Number two, every failure and every downfall is can be viewed as a stepping stone to something greater, like rock climbing. For all the viewers out there, you are a work in progress, and that's okay. I think a lot of time when we when we become adults or you know, when you turn 21, or whatever the definition of adult is, you kind of feel like, I need to have everything in. I need to have everything in place. You know? But that's not the case. We are all working in progress, and it's okay. Just keep progressing. Very nice. Definitely was not one sentence. 
Okay, guys. Um, Jalak and Rachel, it has really been a pleasure for us and the listeners to have you on our podcast. Thank you both very much for sparing the time and your wonderful words of advice. Thank, Thank you. For I really us. enjoyed having this conversation. Absolutely. Like we, it was a pleasure to bring you guys over to share your insights and experiences. So we're really grateful for that. So, you know, that's all for this episode of the Hearing Youth podcast, where youth heard it first. Once again, we appreciate your support and we look forward to seeing you again in the next episode. So stay tuned.